Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story, and we hope that this sermon will guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org for more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Recently, my two-year-old Ephraim and I were driving home from church one evening, and it was late, so the sun had already gone down. And as we pulled out of the parking lot down MLK, And on to Interstate 40, Ephraim started calling to me from the back seat. Turn the lights on, Mom. Turn the lights on. It's dark. I replied, sorry, buddy, I can't. Mom, I can't see. Turn the lights on. Ephraim, I can't. And of course, from my seat, I could see everything I needed to. The lights in front of me and the red lights on the other cars warning me of where each was and where they were going. And so I attempted to tell my two-year-old, sweetheart, I can't turn the lights on until we get to where we're going, until we get home. But I couldn't make him understand why. So in my attempt to just comfort my confused little nugget, I reached my hand back, as I often do, and I petted his calf and said, we'll be home soon, but I'm here, and I don't really like the dark either. So as we continued down the interstate, our conversation shifted, and he relaxed, playing, of course, with his monster trucks. And I started thinking about the season of Lent, about this journey that we begin today. 40 days in the wilderness, in the darkness, not fully understanding like Ephraim why the wilderness can seem so dark and why we have to journey this route to get to where we're going. And where we are going, of course, is Easter. Thanks be to God. But before we get there, we journey 40 days. We bear witness 40 days. We hold space 40 days, and we live in this symbolic darkness. It's a long wait, not filled with Christmas trees and holiday lights, and we are not patient. We are Ephraim often asking from the back seat, Turn the lights on, Mom. But why the wait? Why 40? We know that Noah and his family were on the ark 40 days and nights before they were delivered from the flood. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before entering the promised land. The prophets Moses and Elijah both fasted 40 days, and we even now will walk with Jesus as he endures temptation after temptation in the wilderness for 40 days. And as we witness Jesus's faithfulness in the wilderness in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospels, 
Jesus models for us and at the same time calls us into a deeper faithfulness. Jesus' own faithfulness in the wilderness strengthens us so that we too can survive with God's help what Paul describes in 2 Corinthians as hard times, tough times, bad times, when we're beaten up and we're jailed and mobbed, when we're working hard and working late and working without eating. Paul wants us to know that because of Jesus and because of what Jesus will do over these next 40 days, even in our own wildernesses, despite what we endure, despite our pain and our sin and our struggle, we have been reconciled. We've been restored to a right relationship with God. But as Pastor Adam mentioned, Lent is recognized in our Christian tradition as a season of repentance, of reckoning with and confessing the ways that we have failed to be obedient to God's call, a recognition that we have indeed become distant and far from God and that we are in desperate need of that reconciliation Paul describes. Repentance is from the Greek word metanoia, which means not simply feeling guilt or shame about the sin in our lives, but it implies a literal turning from our sin, a change of direction, a facing toward a new way of being. Metanoia means transformation. And it's a transformation that comes not only from the call to repentance, but from a shift toward reliance. Lent is not only a season of repentance, but a season of reliance, of leaning into God, a season in which we intentionally acknowledge that we're created and not creator, that we are made from dust and to dust we return, that we're in desperate need of a savior and we are not capable of saving ourselves. A reliance that knows the lights are off but acknowledges that we cannot turn them back on by ourselves. And so as we realize this, we're called by the prophet Joel to fast, to weep, to mourn, and all three of these are actions. They're actions of surrender, of relying upon a power that is greater than and outside of ourselves. And as Joel calls us to fast, he calls us to give up those things that we turn to when we want to escape the pain and the shame of our disobedience. And when we no longer have them to turn to, we weep not only for our sin, but we mourn for the comfort and the numbness they provided. Fasting calls us to rely on God and to fill the space of our longing. We call on God, we rely on God in a way that perhaps we've never before relied upon God to fill that emptiness that remains, to redeem the things within ourselves that we've silenced with certain habits or practices or possessions, commitments, conflicts, and relationships. And I think that's where we stand at the threshold of Lent. We stand in a posture of repentance, and we begin practicing the hard work of reliance. 
that powerful and life-giving work of relying on God to navigate our lives. Lent calls us out of our backseat panic. Turn the lights on, Mom. Into a quietness in conversation that gently shifts to a more attentive conversation and even into a more deeper reliance. We're almost home, Mom, aren't we? Lynn reminds us that for the next 40 days, God is preparing us to receive our true identities as beloved children of God. Lent allows us to recognize God as creator, as navigator of the journey, and this season calls us to put into practice some discipline or disciplines that will help in these days ahead to slow down, to open new space, to experience God's presence, God's voice, God's care, God's healing, and God's driving. Lent is a season of repentance and reliance. We are reminded by our Old Testament prophet today that we serve a God who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and who relents from punishing. That's who we encounter in Lent. And the ashes that mark us today serve a very specific purpose. Perhaps you've never experienced this liturgical practice, but they function to remind us that we are not in control, that we are not in the driver's seat, that we are mortal creatures, that we're never defined by our accomplishments, our best days, our worst days, our busyness, or even our righteousness, thank God. But these ashes remind us that we are marked by the cross, that we've submitted ourselves to being who Jesus has taught us to be, a people who desperately love God and one another. The 40 days that lie ahead hold unlimited possibilities, possibilities of becoming more of who God has called each of us to be, or the possibility of finding ourselves on Easter exactly where we started. Grace reminds us that either place is acceptable at the foot of the cross or before the empty tomb. But I hope that our journey of salvation draws us toward desiring more, a more powerful and more transformative metanoia of knowing who Jesus is and what the cross and the empty tomb might mean for who we are and who we are becoming in the days ahead. There are so many practices we can embrace this season. Some of us will give up meat or chocolate or social media or bread or alcohol. Some of us will take on a practice of spiritual reading or, or, scrip or scriptural reading or de devotional time. And we model these practices after Jesus' own fasting and seeking in the wilderness. And if this season of your life feels like wilderness, what better company could we be in tonight? Perhaps you haven't considered how you'll observe Lent. Life is busy enough. 
and one more thing won't make a difference. The only way to know is to try. Maybe with a friend to covenant with someone or to prayerfully ask God what God desires from you, from us in this season. It could be the very bold act of rest, to be quiet along the ride. That might be the interruption you need that draws you into deeper repentance and reliance, not to do more, but less. I received a list last year from a friend of ways we might fast, new ways we might fast that I thought I'd share with you tonight. Fast from hurting words and practice kind words. Fast from resentment and practice gratitude. Fast from anger and practice patience. Fast from pessimism and practice hope. Fast from complaining and practice simplicity. Fast from pressures and be more prayerful. Fast from bitterness and practice joy. Fast from selfishness and practice compassion. Fast from grudges and practice reconciliation. Fast from words. Be silent and practice listening. Fast from worries and trust in God. These are all practices that have the ability to help us rely more fully on God and less on ourselves. And if we can commit ourselves to any practice, I believe we will find ourselves relying more and more on God's strength rather than our own. We will realize our own limitedness and deep need for God. And that is Lent, realizing our own limitedness and deep need for God. It's sitting in the back seat and trusting the soft hand on our calf that says, child, I know this part of the journey is hard and confusing, but we will be home soon. I'm here and I don't like the dark either. As we do prepare to receive the mark of ashes upon our foreheads today, I want to leave you with a blessing because you should be blessed as we enter this season. So receive these words from Reverend Jan Richardson, a blessing of the dust. All those days you felt like dust, like dirt, as if all you had to do was turn your face toward the wind and be scattered to the four corners or swept away by the smallest breath as insubstantial. Did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the day we freely say we are scorched. This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. This is the moment we ask for the blessing that lives within the ancient ashes that makes its home inside the soil of this sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame. Let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are, 
but for claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made. And the stars that blaze in our bones and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online once again at orangemethodist.org. Thank you.